Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. movie yeah i really i really want to fucking see that movie which is a bold statement coming from your boy billy because i don't really care for m night Shyamalan movies you used to i i did i liked um unbreakable i saw unbreakable before i saw uh what sixth sense and i thought unbreakable was kind of boring it is in hindsight like m night Shyamalan movies i'm good once um, like the fact that we buy M. Night Shyamalan DVDs, I think is f- fucking stupid because yeah, like you watch the sixth sense spoiler alert, um, Bruce Willis is fucking dead the whole time. You learn that at the end. So when you watch it, you're like, well, I know, I already know the cat's yeah, out of the then bag. When you watch it again, you're trying to find any clues that may have been there. Sure. Okay. What about the village? You, I mean, and I said that what in the theater? I was like, what? She's going to be like fucking 2000 something. And sure as shit, she climbed over a fence and a Jeep pulled up. And I was like, son of a bitch, I got it. Spoiler alert again. It's a good movie the first time you watch it. After that, you fucking What about know. Devil? Uh, Devil is a good one. Uh, but Devil rewatchable. is... Rewatchable. Very rewatchable, but I don't think... I think he like produced and, and shit like that. Like that wasn't like his thing. It's like part of a series that he, that I think that he was trying to do. I don't know. But see, the thing is, though, is like with the movie Split, one of the Facebook groups I'm on, like Horror Hub or something like that on face on Facebook, is they 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 mentioned the movie Split, and I mentioned on there, I was like, God, I want to see it so bad, and they're like, Yeah, man, wait till the ending, you ain't gonna believe it, and I was like, Yeah, I'll I'll believe it. It's a nice Shyamalan. I'll fucking believe it. Just about anything goes, huh? Yeah. Anybody that's seen the preview, I'm putting it here first. Anybody that's seen the preview so far, I'm going to say at least one of three of those girls or all three of those girls are not real. That's my... That's your stance. That's it. That's my... I'm throwing it out there. And uh, be sure to, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, be sure to like it and follow it. And then um, if you've seen the movie, be sure to go on there and tell me I'm wrong. Or tell me I nailed it on the fucking head. I nailed the fucking village. Nailed it. You did. And you know, I just realized, we haven't even introduced the show! Oh! Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we discuss random murders, mysteries, mayhem, all while drinking adult beverages. Mm-hmm. Well then, I guess we better get to work, because this is our bonus Valentine's Day episode. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you too. This so, isn't about love. Speaking of, um... 
there's a podcast I listen to. I don't know if you do too. Uh, called Lore. Uh huh. He did one on I believe. Uh, what's the fucking the angel that shoots you? Cupid. Cupid. Yeah. Um. Not very nice. It's a not very nice story. <laughs> it's pretty bad. That's another thing I found out with like Greek and Roman mythology. None of it ends well. Uh-uh. Nope. No. No. No, they weren't happy stories. No. This isn't a happy one either. No. We're talking about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Which a lot of you have probably heard of. But you may not know the details. And I wasn't even real sure about the details until we started doing the research. So cool. Actually, this is a Billy special. Guess who suggested this topic? You did. That's right. Yes. It happened on Valentine's Day, February 14th of 1929. Wouldn't it be weird if it happened on like the first day of spring and for some weird fucking reason? They just called it the same Valentine's Day Because why not? (laughs) It is the murder of seven men from the Northside Irish gang during the Prohibition era. Uh, Or, as I like to call it, when America went stupid. (laughs) That was easily one, one of the worst, like laws to pass back then yeah like i wonder if they really thought like well we'll just outlaw it there like that'll fix it (laughs) thank god everybody will get on board with this good idea guys Uh uh-huh that didn't work out so well brought along a lot of deaths now i'm not even (laughs) talking about like mob i'm talking like bathtub gin you know the ones that just made their own hooch Mm -hmm. some of that shit not good Mm -hmm. very very potent very dangerous like they would have just been better off Keeping it legal. Yeah. Which is weird because during that time, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they, they say like, oh, you can't have alcohol. You know, um, this is bad. It's like the devil's something. Something that's bad for you. You can't have it. It's outlawed. But uh, you have a cold? Here's some cocaine that's in like an elixir. <laughs> I don't know if cocaine was still being used in elixirs and stuff back then. But there's like opiates and, and morphine and... A lot of shit that's that you that they say give to a kid when he has a cough, and like you re, and like if you look it up online and read the labels, you're like, "Good God, it sounds like a fun night." To be honest, with you. <laughs> it became a little bit too much of a fun night. Which would be weird because like you get addicted to that, and it's like, well, you just negated the whole law. You just passed whatever. <laughs> so the Saint Valentine's Day massacre resulted from the struggle between the North Side Irish Gang, which was run by George. Bugs Moran and the Southside Italian Gang, which was run by Al Scarface Capone. Dude, can I just say I love gangster names. I do. I love gangster names. What would yours be? I thought about that earlier and I want one that has nothing to do the most obscure one in the world. But I would have to be the gangster who is literally a walking demon who is a nightmare on this planet. Like, you know, like in mob movies or any organized crime movie, the guy who's like, the kid saw everything. He's got to die. And like, no hitman will do it. They got to call the guy. Mm -hmm. They got to call the specialist who will come and do it. Like something on that level, that caliber, but it would be like, call Billy snuggle bunny Jones. (laughs) It has nothing to do with anything. Billy Kitty Whiskers Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And there and there's something behind it too. Why do they call him that? You don't want to well, know. I'll tell you what, Tony, you feel free to ask him. And God help you. 
God help you. <laughs> like the cop walks in and is like, well, I could tell by looking at it that uh, Billy allergic to shellfish Jones was here. <laughs> Look at the intestines on the ceiling. Like, it would be like, so bad. But the gangster, calling card. Yeah, but the gangster name has nothing to do with it. Bi- Billy likes to have loners at Euchre Jones. <laughs> Murder a family of 12 with his hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you're saying you want to murder families? I don't have a gangster name. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, though, as far as history goes, um, Scarface was a bad nickname. Um, he didn't care for it. Like they, he was, He's known as Al Scarface Capone, or just known as Scarface. But if, if, if from what I understand... It's your ass if you call him Scarface. Like right. the scar he has, he's very, he was like very self conscious of it, and you call him Scarface, that's the end of you. Hmm. So there's so obviously in the annals of history, there's been some shit talking. The annals. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. So the struggle between the two gangs was for control of Chicago's organized crime, which included bootlegging and gambling. Capone was never officially or directly linked, but is generally considered to have been responsible. I wonder if, like, in the end, he was like, I didn't do, I didn't do half the shit. You know what I mean? Well, they found a lot of evidence that led to a lot of people, <clears throat> but they could never directly say he ordered it. But it there, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, let's start back in the Prohibition period. In 1920, Prohibition began... With the passage of the 18th Amendment, which made alcohol illegal. That's that bullshit. This, of course, greatly increased gangsters' earnings in the way of bootlegging, which is making and selling alcohol illegally, and speakeasies, which were illicit drinking establishments, as well as gambling and prostitution. They go hand in hand. (laughs) I have a Billy's History Corner. Okay. This is something... I did uh, Billy Pendant research, but I also knew this. I knew this, but I, I went online and double checked it to I, you know. Oh, you knew this. Yeah. I do. You know that. You know. I know. <laughs> I know so many stupid fucking trivial he, facts. He does. He could tell me something every day, and it'd be something new. I should be on a game show. I can't teach a class, but <laughs> but like if you put me on like Cash Cab, I fucking get it. <laughs> but okay. This isn't a theory, but I'm going to put on my glasses so I sound smart. Oh, no. Here we go. You're going to want to look out for this. Whoa! Yeah, they're glasses. Nelly. Blind tiger. What? Exactly. Blind tiger. Now, back during the Prohibition, uh, the speakeasies, Mm -hmm. they were also known as the blind tiger. You go up and you pay money to see the blind tiger. When you get in, you're given complimentary booze. So that is a way to circumnavigate the law. The law says you can't sell booze. They're not selling booze. That's a complimentary drink. You're paying to see the blind tiger, air quotes. <laughs> um, so every speakeasy got to be known as, like, if a cop stopped you, where are you going? I'm going to go see the blind tiger. And they're like, oh, okay, that sounds like really, that sounds like fun. So that's what it would be. Now, what would happen is later on, these speakeasies, they some of them were kind of the back alley 
the metal slot opens and you say a word to get in. Uh-huh. Hence, speakeasy. Because you got to give a password to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they did, they usually just were storefronts. The speakeasy is usually like the back room of a store, something like that. So what they would do is whenever they got a new shipment of booze in or a different type of booze, anything that would attract your clientele, they would take a stuffed tiger and put it in the window. And hmm. that's your sign. Oh, they got they got a new gin. They got a new rum. They got something I haven't fucking had before. I'm going to go in there. Hmm. And if anybody asks, I'm going to go see the blind tiger. There's your Billy History Corner. Enjoy that. I am, and I will. Glasses off. <laughs> see, I know shit. She went to college, but I know shit, too. <laughs> so, from 1924 to 1930, Chicago gained quite a reputation for violence and lawlessness. Mm-hmm. This was noticed especially after Al Capone took over the reign of crime lord for the Southside Italian gang from his boss, Johnny Torrio, in 1925. Now, as far as Chicago goes, anybody in Chicago, if you're listening in Chicago, and you keep hearing on the news, and like I said before, I don't get too political, but you know, everybody's like, well, look at Chicago. Look at the crime rate in Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Just this past weekend alone in Chicago, Chicago, because of Chicago. Sure, but this is your defense. You can just say, hey, it's always been like this since the 19-fucking-20s. It's been pretty rough. I, I've never heard a, a news report that said Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. You're not watching the right news. Oh, I guess not. Read a book. Whoa. <laughs> Go to library get educated. I see that all the time on Facebook when somebody makes a point politically. They're like, you're just ignorant and you need to educate yourself. You need to heighten your IQ and go to the library every time. You know what I always post on there? You know that still, that frame from Michael Jackson's Thriller when he's in the um, theater eating popcorn? I post that. I post a picture of just Michael Jackson chilling eating popcorn. I'm just here to watch. It's cool. Keep talking. This is great. Al Capone took over for his boss, Johnny Torrio, which Torrio had been seriously wounded in an assassination attempt and, quote, retired in 1924 to Brooklyn. Now, is that how it was retired? Like, he's in the landfill? No, like, he went to Brooklyn and supposedly was retired from, you know, the organization, the mob, the gang, the whatever you want to call it. But I wonder if Al Capone always answered to him. I don't know. What if he was never in control? It just looked that way because he quote unquote retired. What if he was still there? What if he was still in the mix? Just you know, he was a, he was a recluse and just didn't go out or nothing like that. What if everything that happened happened because of him? Al Capone just kind of takes the rap because he was in the spotlight. He was in court. He gave, he went to prison. All that shit. I should have put my glasses on for that. You should have. Fuck. We're not doing it again. Never mind. Moving every- on. <laughs> so. Capone's income from the illegal activities at the time were estimated to be around $60 million a year. And in 1927 alone, his net worth was around $100 million. And? In 19-fucking-27 money. Yeah, I come prepared. So, $100 million, 1927. $100 million. I wish you had a hairless cat. We have a cat, and I have clippers. I can make it happen. We're not making her hairless. $1.3 billion. Over. 
Now I Damn. would I would have my show notes with me. I forgot them, and we'll leave it at that. That's why you're going to hear this. That's my phone <laughs> where everything's at. But yeah, it's like as I currently have a laptop on top of a laptop, looking at our show notes that Billy forgot. It's okay. <laughs> I'm only fucking human. What's weird is um, when I looked it up, that number was very specific. It was like one point one one billion three hundred eighty-eight million four hundred like fifty-six. Just call it one point four and, and billion. It, no, but it ended with like three cents. I'm like, <laughs> damn. Well, that's up there though. One point three billion dollars today. Can you? Um, I, I, fuck platinum. Man, one point three billion. I just want to be a thousand air. <laughs> if I could be a thousand air, that'd be cool. I just want to be a baller, yo. <laughs> I just want to go to bed and be like, bills are paid, <laughs> <laughs> and then just drift off to sleep happy. That must be great. Uh, There's that silence where we reflect on our lives, like, oh, God, we could have had that. Damn it. <laughs> well, let, let's not talk about our. Bills. I have something in my eye. We're going to talk about murder. Yeah, okay, it's fine. <laughs> Over the years, uh, after... You see our internet bill? Did you see it? I saw it, but we've been on it a lot. <laughs> God. <sighs> over the years after Capone took over, he ruthlessly gunned down his rivals and consolidated control over most of Chicago's crime rackets. In 1924, the former leader of the Northside Irish gang, Dion O'Banion. It had to have an O in front of it. I'm not trying to be racist, but it's always O. (laughs) It's an Irish gang, of course. You know, that's when I, and see, this is how you know I'm not racist, is because I don't know racism very well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because it's something that you're taught, and we weren't taught that. Yeah, like Mick. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Do you know why they're called that? No. It's because most of their names starts with O or Mick. Oh. That's yeah. why. That's why. Which is why Scottish people are usually referred to as Mac. Because you take the same Mick, but in, in Scotland it's Mac. Uh-huh. That's that's it. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, and speaking of Italian, I learned something. Actually, I learned something when I was in Korea. You learned how to speak Italian? No. Oh. I just, hey, no, that's cool. I just said no in Italian. I think I just said no in Italian. No. No. <laughs> um okay so the one of the slangs for italian is uh wop i got that wrong one time speaking to my buddy in korea uh-huh speaking to a, a guy of italian descent in korea if he's listening he knows who he is because it's weird because he's adopted uh-huh. it's not weird he's adopted that's great yeah but he's that, a, that was kind of mean he was adopted but the, the family's lineage <laughs> was french so his last name was like a French ending to the name, but he is Italian. Whatever, it's fine. Um, but I was like, he, "Wait, he's an Italian adopted by French, serving in the U.S. military in Korea." In Korea, yeah. Wow, he's a worldly That's a man. Whole bunch of shit, right? There. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good guy too. He's a good man. So I was like, "Ah, oh, come on, we gotta hurry up, you stupid womp." He was like, "Wop, wop." fucking say it right and i went oh well that's i guess that's how you know i'm not i'm not racist i can't even get it correct i fuck it up but wop is not necessarily when you go back 
in like history, WAP is not Italian. WAP is an immigrant. Yes, without papers. Without papers, it. you don't have paper. Yeah, that's it. Mm. So uh, at that time, it would be um, Italian, definitely Irish, Asian. It could have been anybody. So anyone here illegally right now technically could be called a WAP. I guess if you uh, without papers, it just sounds bad when you say it. Though, yeah. you know what I mean. It has a stigma. There's a stigma to it. But like, I you, had never even heard it until we were together. But like when yeah, it's like you I teach with you. me bad things. Yeah, not everything <laughs> I teach you every day is great. You taught me womp, womp. I feel so stupid. <laughs> it's bad when you're trying to like be jokingly racist to a person. And he corrects you. You really feel like a silly goose. No, call me the right way. Come on. <laughs> stupid but um but what would happen is like you would get off the boat and you would go to a line you either you had like your visa or green card or passport or whatever or they would literally safety pin a paper to you that said w.o.p and you got sent to a different line to get processed hmm. after time it was just wop wow yeah times they are a changing yeah <laughs> Because we ain't letting you over if you're like that. <laughs> oh, Lord, this country. Oh. I don't even okay, care. we're not going to go into politics. Jesus Christ. Let's man. go back to murder. Murder! That bill's going to be passed due, I know, because we just don't have that fucking Oh, money. shut up. <laughs> oh, remember in that one episode? Guys, if you want to help me with my bill. <laughs> I just started. We should do a Kickstarter. <laughs> help us pay our Comcast bill. <laughs> they make it sound nice. It's not. I don't care if you're Xfinity. No, I don't care. It's a lot of money. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, public service announcement. There is um, DirecTV, Dish Network, and people who are uh, supposedly masquerading around as uh, Comcast or um, Time Warner, uh, depending on where you are in the country. And what it is, is there's an automated telemarketing thing. And you might, you might, you might have fallen victim to this. Some of you out there might have, but you pick up the phone, you say hello, and then you hear an automated voice. Because you know how the automated ones now they try to sound very fucking human. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? Like that type of shit, you know? It, it'll come on and says, "Hey, can you hear me?" That's all it says, right? And so, what do you naturally say? Yes. Yes. And then they go on with their pitch. What they did was they recorded your yes. So this. This hacker, this whatever the fuck you want to call it, will go about and do business on your behalf. Do you accept these charges? Please say yes. And they plug in your yes. And next thing you know, identity theft. Money's being taken from you because you said yes. So whenever you pick up the phone, you hear automated voice go, Hey, can you hear me? Go, fuck no. So, there. Hmm. Billy's History Corner and a PC- PSA. So... I'm all over that shit. I only wore glasses once. Wait till I put them back on. I mean, you don't fucking know. I would say you might knock my socks off, but they're already off. Because I knocked them off. They're on the other side of the room. <laughs> Kerboom. So back to O'Banion. He had been murdered by four gunmen in his flower shop. Wait. After his murder, each successive leader of the Northside gang was killed, allegedly by members or associates of the Capone organization. So, Capone's running the Italian side. 
which is Southside Gang. Okay, I'm trying to get it straight. Were they called the Southside Gang? The Southside Gang or Southside Italian Gang. I don't know if they went by that then, but it is capitalized. I'm assuming that's what they went that's by. That's what we're going to fucking call them. <laughs> and then there was George Bugs Moran, who was the current crime boss of the long-established Northside Gang in 1929. See, Bugs, another gangster name. Which was the Irish. Bugs and Capone had, didn't like each other. Go fig. Had been vying for control of the lucrative bootlegging trade in Chicago. Bugs had been moving in on several of Capone's enterprises, including a dog track in the suburbs run by Capone. He had also taken over several of Capone's saloons, insisting they were his territory. So we got a little bit of an issue here. Turf war. Exactly. Earlier in the year, Northsiders Frank and Peter Gusenberg had unsuccessfully attempted to murder Jack McGurn, a key member of Capone's Chicago outfit. Hmm. The Northside gang was also complicit in the murders of Pasqualino Patsy Lolardo and Antonio the Scourge Lombardo. That's awesome. <laughs> Lots of... Uh, flamboyant names there yeah not one of them is uh little diddle piddle no <laughs> he would be the worst one <laughs> well both of these men were presidents of the union siciliana the local mafia which was close associates of capone you know this is the very definition of organized crime they really had their shit together mm-hmm they had their hands in a lot of shit it's like a business it really is just a business mm-hmm an illegal business. Yeah. You're not paying taxes. You're not reporting to the government. But other than that, it is a business. I mean, like, you got like a whole board of people. You have a chairman who's like the boss. You have your own lawyer. You have your own accountant. You have. I mean, it's a business. Your own hitman. Yeah. <laughs> Which on the legal side, I guess, are salesmen. Uh, Why not? Yeah, contractors. It's like, oh, you don't want to buy it? Okay, but like a hitman or like. An enforcer, I guess it would be like, okay, you want to buy this? No? Okay, you're going to buy it or I'll break your fucking thumbs. That'd be like the only difference, really. Yeah. So, with this back and forth, people killing each other, trying to take over territories. Whole bunch of shit going on. Yeah. A plan began to formulate on how exactly uh, they could eliminate Bugs Moran and possibly a few of his lieutenants. And this was allegedly organized by Capone or members of his organization. So, the actual plan and massacre. Which, I'm sorry, this is um, movie shit. Mm -hmm. I've gone over this and this is something like, I'm, I read it and I was like, what the fuck? Really? Pretty clever. They pulled, they pulled it off. This was fucking amazing. I mean, it, it's bad people died, and, and, and it was a massacre for sure. But, like, on the outside of it looking in, you're like, damn, this was really well done. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The, I'm sorry. The plan was to lure Bugs Moran and several of his associates to the SMC Cartage Warehouse on North Clark Street, where Bugs ran his bootlegging operations, and assassinate them. Dead them. So to get them there, they would be promised a stolen cut-rate shipment of whiskey, which was supplied by Detroit's Purple Gang. That's a fun name. Yeah, that's nice. The Purple Gang. They actually sound kind of pleasant. Of Detroit, 
who were associated with Capone. So his little fingers were moving all the way up to Detroit. Um, of course, this is usually just assumed that it was Capone's doing and that they were related, but there's no actual proof. But most people say, yeah, this is what happened. So on the actual day of February 14th, 1929, most of the gang, dressed in their best as they usually did, had arrived at the warehouse by about 10.30 a.m. But Bugs Moran had left his apartment late and hadn't actually gotten there yet. Let me let me backtrack a little bit on that first sentence. It's actually very interesting. Like, back then, they dressed up for this shit. Mm-hmm. They, they really were like Dapper Dan. Oh, yeah. In their suits and ties and... Yeah, and that, 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 that furthers the, the, the theory of everything is premeditated because nowadays it's like... I don't care what I got on. Just go to like, go to YouTube, you know, go to like a uh, world star hip hop or something. Like it's like, they don't, it's just nobody fucking cares. Like, where's my gun? I'm going to go, I'm going to do this shit right now and fucking kill these bitches. Back then it was like, uh, just, it's okay. Let them go there. My suits in the cleaners. It's getting steamed. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Pretty much any kind of business venture they had, they were yeah. dressed completely up. Yeah, uh, the suits and the cleaners right now. Um, my um, Thompson is getting cleaned professionally, and I'm waiting for Billy's scented toilet paper Jones to show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I even want, want to think about a I want story. Those, I want one of those weird fucking gangster <laughs> names that makes no sense. I don't even want to think about how you would have come to acquire that name. Billy. <laughs> Mecca lecca high, mecca honey ho Jones. <laughs> that took me back. <laughs> mecca lecca high, mecca honey ho. I miss him. Mecca lecca he, mecca honey ho. You know the whole thing, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> is she pretty? Is she prettier than me? <laughs> Do you remember most about the uh, the the Pee Wee show? What the big ball of uh, tinfoil he had. Oh yeah, remember? That would roll it would show up like outside, you know, and and on the show it was just like this big circle. It wasn't uh-huh. like there was no dimension to it at all. Yeah. It was just a big circle, just a was, disc. And he would put like a little piece on there, but he'd be like, Row! you know, like it was just so big. <laughs> and the talking chair, which scared me. Yeah, his that, bike was the shit. That though. was a little frightening. It was, but we digress. Yeah, I would love to have a Pee Wee Herman bike, but I know if I had it, it'd be stolen. <laughs> It'd be stolen because I know, like, and believe it or not, I'm actually a good guy. I'm like the second nicest guy in the fucking world. But if I saw, who's P- the first? I ain't met him yet. But if I saw like the Pee Wee Herman bike at somebody's house, I'd steal that bitch, <laughs> throw it in my car, and leave. Actually, I would take it and leave my car. It'd be an even swap. I was <laughs> just like, hey, what's your name? Here's my title. This is mine now. That's my bike. You Fuck pull up. a Francis. Yeah. <laughs> That was the big fat guy, wasn't it? That wanted his bike in the movies, Francis. Francis. <laughs> or wouldn't it be cool if your gangster name was just another name that wasn't your name? What? Like, my name is William Matthew Jones, but it'd be like, <laughs> Billy Earl Jones was here. Is his middle name Earl? No. Why is it Earl? Don't ask. <laughs> we, what's his middle name? Matthew. Where the fuck does Earl come in? Don't, don't, just don't. <laughs> That'd be cool, too. Well, some of them had aliases, so we'll see. Billy 
A.K.A. Snuggles Jones. <laughs> okay. Are you William Big League Chew Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Got me. So like I said, Bugs had left his apartment late that morning and hadn't gotten to the warehouse yet. And as he and one of his men approached the rear of the garage, they noticed a police car approach the building. So they immediately um, turned around because they didn't want none of that. <laughs> oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. They turned around and got out of there and went to a nearby coffee shop where another gang member, Henry Gusenberg, was spotted on the street and they warned him. And Willie Marks, another member, saw the police car and ducked into a doorway and jotted down the license plate number. So... This probably saved all of their lives because they saw this police car. You know, hanging out with him was it one guy that didn't give a fuck. You know, they're like, oh, fuck, cop car, turn around, go back, go back, go back. He's like, give a fuck, I'm only walking. Is that illegal? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I'm sorry. Am I now allowed to walk down the fucking road? I don't think that would have happened back then. You're dealing with prohibition and the, the coppers, Yeah. But if, I mean, we all, we all like for the most part, clearly know what's going to happen next. But if you were a cop, if I was a cop and I'm driving down the road and I see somebody look at me and then turn around and head down an alley, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to follow these motherfuckers down an alley. You would think it'd be like, be cool, man. Be cool. Just be cool. They were trying to avoid going to the warehouse. So they weren't like. But it's like the whole turnaround thing was, it helped them out in the long run. But at the same time, it's like, play cool. Just act natural. How the fuck do you act natural? I don't fucking know. Just fucking walk. Uh, like this? Where do I put my hands? What do I do? Come on now. You know they were like, you gotta walk, see? <laughs> That's how they all talk back then, see? I have a theory they all talk like that back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the coppers. We don't want none of that. Yeah, I, I think it was like that with the kids, too. <laughs> Son, how was school, man? <laughs> it was all right, Dad, man. Ah, the teacher made me do homework, man. And I have no clue where we're pulling. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. It's just in every sentence. You are welcome for uh, us speaking in 1920s talk. Yeah. That's how it happened. We just recently found out we got listeners in LA. If one of you is an agent, just know we could do 1920s talk. No fucking problem. All day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, I okay. think I'm getting hammered. Maybe. Okay, let's go. Let's fucking do it. Wait, hold on. All right. Okay. Game you, on. You ready with, <laughs> with the phone? Game on. Let's do it. So, when the Cadillac sedan police car pulled up, witnesses saw four men get out. Two of them were dressed in police uniforms and carrying shotguns. The other two were just in street clothes. They entered the garage and found seven men inside, five of which were Bugs Moran's Northside gang members, as well as two gang collaborators. Ice the... is back with a brand new edition. Come on. Why did you do that? Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new edition. I thought of this earlier and was again waiting for you to say this. Oh, yeah, honey. The actual, the actual printouts I have, that's highlighted collaborators i was like i was like wait she says this shit i'm gonna fucking bust this out 
Y'all don't even know. <laughs> and you did. He's going to make a comeback. I'm sure of it. Mm. I'm not going to hold uh, my breath. Yeah, don't. Don't hold your breath. So the seven men were ordered to stand in a line along the wall. And once they were there, the massacre began. The, quote, police officers and the two other men opened fire. Two of the killers used Thompson submachine guns, one with a 20-round box magazine and the other with a 50-round drum. They sprayed the victims left and right, ripping their bodies apart in the volley of gunfire. Yeah. And continued to fire after all seven men had hit the floor. Two shotgun blasts were also fired into the faces of two of the victims. Now, in the army, there is a saying, if you're going to be a monkey... You might as well be a gorilla. They were gorillas. I mean, the rounds are in the guns. You might as well just do it. Yeah, they unloaded. I, I wonder if like one guy stops like, stop, they're dead. And they're like, I still got bullets left. We're already here. <laughs> so. Shut up, Tony Worsom. Smith. I don't, I don't know. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> The one guy trying to stop and bottle the ammo. <laughs> Guys, stop! I can take this shit back! So once they were done um, decimating these guys, and you can see pictures of it online, to make it look like everything was under control... This is the genius part. The two men in street clothes walked out of the building unarmed with their hands in the air, followed by the, quote, police officers giving the appearance of arrests being made. So, like... Anybody watching would see this and see two men come out with their hands up thinking, there's a shootout. They got the shooters in there. They, they apprehended them. Ah, the coppers got the gang members, see? <laughs> yeah, that's what they thought. And and that's how their voice sounded in their heads. Yeah. Like some, some like 70-year-old woman at the window, which nobody was 70 at that time. Tuberculosis. We've touched on that. <laughs> but like the husband is in bed. He's like, what's going on out there, man? And they're like, oh, the coppers got him, see? And they're like, oh, come to bed. <laughs> and she was like, you going to lick it tonight? And he's like, no. Oh. Wow. You really gave a whole story to these 70-year-old people. <laughs> I gave an identity to people who probably were never there. Just sparked from a voice. I've seen Road to Perdition, and I've seen porn. So, all right. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> So, that's how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna explain everything. Way late to work. I've seen Road to Perdition and I've seen porn. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nothing. I do me. You do you. Leave oh, me alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking judge me. <laughs> you know, I would have loved to have been at the brainstorming meeting that they had. All right, we gotta take him out, guys. What are we gonna do? No idea is a bad idea, guys. What are we going to do? Yeah, Frank. Yeah, let's poison them. That's stupid. Shut up. Steve? Let's shoot them. Yeah, but we need to go bigger. We need to go better. We need to go stronger. We need it now. What are we going to do? Go ahead, Earl. Earl was there. Go ahead, Earl. Why don't we just pay off some of the cops to do it? And then the treasurer, you know, the guy, the accountant was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We have a budget. 
I could just we let's just get suits. We have guns. I seen them coming in. They're outside. <laughs> Billy Q tips in my ear at tickles. Jones has the guns. <laughs> They're right out there. You are a busy man. And then, and then like Al Capone's like, God damn it, you're a fucking genius. I hope in the end some good came of this and whoever came up with the idea got like promoted. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> so you're the accountant, huh? Yes, sir, Mr. Capone. No, you're not. Sir? You're the vice president. <gasps> sir? <laughs> some 80s montage song just came into my head, which wouldn't even work right now. There's always an 80s montage song in your head. Oh, my God. This is totally off subject, but there is a YouTube channel. Not a YouTube channel. I'm sorry. A Facebook page. Uh, Celine Dion Scenes, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Did you see the Rambo one? The Rambo one? <laughs> like any scene in a movie, you could put the Celine Dion My Heart Will Go On song on there, and it makes that scene 10 times fucking better. <laughs> okay, let's. I'm sorry, go ahead. So people okay. died. Yes, people died. And the only initial survivor of the seven men was Frank Gusenberg, a frontline enforcer for the Moran organizations. He had been shot 14 times and was still conscious. That's a man. But he would not give police any information, stating, quote, no one shot me. End quote. <laughs> he died three hours later. Dude, that is the very definition to me of gangster. <laughs> that is the whole, you know, like snitches get stitches type of thing. Like he was laying there clearly as doctors were pulling out bullets from his body like, oh, we found... 14 of them. We found another one in his lung. What's that? That's number 12. What happened to you? Nobody shot me. <laughs> yeah. That's... He took it to the grave. Damn. And I bet you, on the operating table, he was very well dressed. <laughs> I'm the, sure they probably stripped yeah, him, hun. To the nines, he was fucking dressed. <laughs> I respect that. That's cool as shit. Uh, the other victims were Peter Gusenberg, who was also an enforcer for Bugs and Frank's brother. Adam Hayer was the bookkeeper and business manager for the Moran gang. Uh, Albert Kachelik, a.k.a. James Clark, was Moran's second-in-command. Reinhard Schwimmer was an optician who abandoned his practice to gamble on horse racing and an associate of the gang. He clearly had nothing left. He he didn't want to be an eye doctor anymore, and he was like, nope, I'm going to gamble on horses. Okay. See, that's a lesson. That's where crime gets you. He could have just been fine being an optometrist. No, he wanted to do this. This is how it happens. Yep. And there was also John May, an occasional car mechanic for the gang. His dog, Highball, was in the garage during the massacre. And the dog survived. Thank God. We have an animal that made it. Yeah. No horses getting blown up. No dingoes getting ripped apart. No uh, dog getting shot. It's, this is good. Yep. The dog made it. Good Seven for guys him. died, but... Go highball. You got it. <laughs> the last one of the victims was Albert Weinshank, who managed several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran. And it's believed Capone's lookouts mistook Weinshank for bugs as he was the same height and had the same build and was wearing similar clothing to Bugs. 
This may have been what saved Bug Moran's life as the massacre started before he had actually arrived due to the mistaken identity. I bet when he heard gunshots, he took the fuck off. Yeah, he's probably like, oh, ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. (laughs) So, there are so many names, gangs, potential suspects that can be mentioned that it gets very confusing and... In my opinion, boring. Downright boring. (laughs) And it would literally take this from the time we're at now to two fucking hours. I mean, there's so many different hands that could have been in this. We're not going to go through all that. You're more than welcome to look it up. But basically, as far as evidence, the disassembled and partially burned car that was used by the murderers was found, as well as the two Thompson submachine guns. But no direct connection can be made to specific suspects. I mean, they'd passed hands so many times that they couldn't say with any certainty who had them at the time of the massacre. Though numerous plausible suspects emerged, no one was ever tried for the murders. After all this, George Bugs Moran, who of course avoided assassination, kept control of his territory and remaining gang members through the end of the Prohibition and into the 1930s. Which I bet really fucking razzed Capone. But the Northside gang never really regained its power in Chicago's underworld. Still though, Capone had to be so pissed. What? He's still fucking alive? (laughs) Seriously? Bugs eventually just quit the gang and relocated, but he still continued a life of crime. And was imprisoned several times for a variety of offenses. Mail fraud, robbery, conspiracy to make and cash illegal checks. And by the 1940s, he was almost penniless. He ended up dying of lung cancer on February 25th, 1957 in Leavenworth Prison in Kansas at the age of 63. As far as Scarface... Al Capone did not face any further gang opposition in Chicago after the massacre because his point was well received. Yeah, they got the message. (laughs) But it also kind of began his downfall as it marked him as, quote, public enemy number one. So within the next two years, he was found guilty of contempt of court for failing to appear at a federal grand jury hearing and then for carrying concealed weapons. He served time on both of those offenses. And in the meantime, he was being investigated for tax evasion. That's what brought him down, was that? Yeah. He was indicted for evasion of federal income tax in June of 1931 and convicted that October. He was sentenced to 11 years in prison, first serving in Atlanta and then later at Alcatraz. He was released in 1939 and died as an invalid recluse in his Florida home in 1947. Which I think is great because Capone wanted Bugs dead and Bugs technically outlived him. That's There's a kind of a karma irony type of thing to that. And Capone just kind of shriveled up and stayed to himself. A lonely man. And what's weird is all the time that he spent in prison, Bugs... You know, all the time he spent in prison, I bet you he had one hell of a story to tell everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, like, half the time they're like, you lying motherfucker. There's no <laughs> fucking way that happened. No fucking way. I wonder if it starts, No like... fucking way, hey? <laughs> I wonder if it starts, you know, how, like, 
war vets tell stories like there I was dude no shit that's how every single like there was Charlie in the bushes I was on my belly eating dirt and shit and freedom there I was no shit <laughs> I wonder if that's how you started every single one of them like I was walking down the street I was late I was supposed to be somewhere I'm not lying to you no shit <laughs> and I heard gunshots and I just beat feet and then he died after Capone didn't successfully assassinate oh him. man Talk about egg on your face. Yep. That's all we have for this bonus episode. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yay. Just the type of thing for Valentine's Day. If you don't want to think about having a significant other, just think about all the the death and destruction from February 14th, 1929. Yeah. You could have been a man lined up against a wall getting ripped apart by bullets. Literally ripped apart. Yeah. The pictures, they're all like flung over and... They're just bad. This is bad yeah, shit. It's bad shit. Bad day. Bad day. And that's the mob life from Chicago, 1920s, 1930s. Yeah. That's all we have. I'm trying to wrap this up and I don't know what to say. I know what to say, and this is actually on a serious note. Valentine's Day. Okay. Guys, I have some advice. See, Erica and I, we have been together since uh sophomore year of high school yeah the summer before summer before sophomore year 1996 1996 and i'm not gonna speak for all women but just because i am so not a lady (laughs) you're my lady but i'm i'm not a a lady lady you're my lady i'm a tomboy when it comes to anything romantic you see with with um valentine's day to be totally honest we don't really celebrate valentine's day that much mm-hmm. mostly because we have an anniversary our anniversary is coming up mm-hmm. um we we, we kind of do it like that you know what i mean kind of like kind of like with you you have a birthday right before christmas so your birthday is not so much a big thing because christmas is right there you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> you're all right i get gypped <laughs> yeah you do i feel bad for any kid whose birthday's on nah, christmas that okay. sucks not any kid on has a birthday on christmas is like well, it's Christmas. I don't have a birthday. It could be or... worse. My cousin Charlie's birthday is December 26th. That blows. Yeah. Here's your Christmas slash birthday. Happy birthmas. <laughs> what do you do like at the, the strike of midnight? It's like almost Christmas and your birthday at the same time. Oh, no. It's the meeting of do the two. Do you fold into yourself and become one matter and, and like... No, because he's still here. He's still human. Black hole. I don't know. I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> Um, guys, what I found works is any gift, do it by your hand. Don't go out and charge something that's really big and extravagant. Make something. Make something with your own two hands. You could make an origami fucking flower, and I guarantee you, guarantee you, she will love that more than a diamond fucking necklace. Exactly. Because you took the time... Yourself. And, and and that's really what it says. It, it's um, like, I, I could ask you right now, would you like, uh, you know, like a four carat diamond fucking tennis bracelet? Or would you want like a beach that I painted myself? I would love that. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Anything. It literally is the thought that counts. It is. It's, it's very touching and... Billy has made me several things, and they're all wonderful. 
I'm creative. Would rather have them than any diamond necklace or ring. Now, I haven't done this for Erica. Um, and I'm not going to because I'm going to tell you what to do right now. And she's kind of fucking sitting right next to me. So. Should I plug my ears? And no, la, no. La, 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 la. No, no, no. Because okay. you know my tricks. <laughs> you know how I do it. If you're ever in a bind on Valentine's Day, go to a store. Go to a grocery store. It doesn't really matter. Wherever you can find a dozen roses. And just grab a dozen roses. Then... Pay for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't run out. Don't just grab them and run. <laughs> you gotta pay. And then when you pay, take one rose out and just uh, give it to the cashier. It'll probably make their day. So now you have 11 roses. Right? Okay. And a cashier who's stalking you. A cashier who's <laughs> probably really touched. Or what I found would work really well is... Pay for it, and on your way out, find the first little girl you see. And just take the rose and be like, here, I want you to have this, honey. And you'll see her eyes light up. Aww. Um, so now you have 11 flowers. Go to a shop, mainly like, I'll go ahead and say it, like Hobby Lobby or Michael's or something like that, that has artificial flowers but the good looking ones you know what i mean the ones that actually have like the uh the the, the glue on it that looks like there's Dew water beads and shit on it. Yeah. yeah the really good ones and just by one make a note that says i will love you till the last petal falls and then stick it in with the flowers and then as the flowers die there's that one flower that's sitting there there's your gift i'm fucking wet right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you guys, it will work. It doesn't have to be guy to guy or guy to woman. It could be, you know, if you're a guy and you have a boyfriend, do that. If you're a girl and you have a girlfriend, do that. I'm telling you, it will Anyone fucking do work. That. that will work. Good stuff. Yep. It, like, last, and don't do that every year. In fact, don't even do it this year. Keep that in your pocket. Well, you probably can't do it this year because if you're listening to it now, it's, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. And... <laughs> You're kind of cutting it close. Good luck, fucker. I try and release yeah. in the morning, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Good luck finding a dozen roses on fucking <laughs> Valentine's Day. There's that, too. Or don't do it on Valentine's Day. Do it as an anniversary. Something. You know what I mean? Or what I found works, especially with you, do it on a fucking Wednesday. You know what I mean? Do it um, when it's not expected to be done. Mm-hmm. If you just... That's wonderful. Yeah. You know, just to come home to, to see that. That's a, it's pretty neat. It's good stuff. Yeah. And I have to apologize to you guys because we're recording this late because I've had this massive head cold. So if I sound a little nasally or hoarse, I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. I'm Mucinex myself. I tried to snort and get all the shit out. Cocaine. I did not do cocaine. Should I do cocaine? (laughs) I can't do cocaine. I know a guy. (laughs) You don't know a guy. I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. (laughs) You so, listeners, you're my friends. And hey, so, do you know a guy? who? Has, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Kickstarter. If you want to send me some coke. Be... <laughs> no, so I've, I'm trying my best to sound okay, but I, I, I can tell I sound kind of nasally to myself. And you're going to have to listen to it through another one because we're doing these back to back. <laughs> so... This is bringing to a close our special Valentine's Day bonus episode. Yay! We want to thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it so much. 
we are almost at 2,000 mm-hmm. downloads in less than a month. That is fucking amazing. We are worldwide. Sweden, the UK, Australia, do you say Finland. S- do you say Sweden or do you go do you, do you, do you with a V? I say Sweden. Sweden. We say Sweden here. We, do, we say Sweden. If they want me to say Sweden, Sweden, email me and let me know. I'll throw the V in there. You want to correct me? <laughs> fucking do it. It's not like a threat. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? Tell me I'm fucking saying it wrong. Tell me I'm saying it wrong. Do something. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We've it. Ireland. Um, there's one in Spain, Germany, all over the place. And for some reason, our own home state is losing in downloads to California. So go LA and Californians. Thanks guys. You guys are awesome because you're beating our own home state. So we are super excited. Yeah. Mom, get the (laughs) fucking word out more. We really appreciate it. Like us on Facebook, Martinis and the Macabre. Follow us on Twitter, please. We're trying to get more followers on there. It's oh, we got some today. We did? Yeah, like organizations. Oh, cool. Following. Like uh, one of them is actually, no shit, one of them is a business that does link podcasters to sponsors. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's at Mar- a, Martini s- underscore Macabre. And another one is... Um, like a podcast organization that does, you know how like you have this. This sounds pretty grandiose, but you you know how like you have Emmys, and you have Oscars, mm-hmm. you also have that for like podcasts. Yeah, and that group mm-hmm. is following us. Oh, awesome! That happened today. Both of those happened today. Woo! So, all right, good day. Yeah, yeah. So please follow us on Twitter, Mark Martini underscore Macab. Um. Visit our website. We have our own domain. It is martinisinthemacabre.com. She designed it herself, and it's great. <clears throat> I, I did it all myself. I'm sorry if it seems lame, but I've never done a website before. Or for your first time. You're we're we're doing all this completely unlearned in the ways of podcasting <laughs> and websites. But it's martinisinthemacabre.com. There's a contact page on there. There's a bio page. Um, you feel free to email us with any comments, questions, um, topic ideas, martinisandmacabre at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, visit Geeky Clothing. That's G-I-K-I clothing.com. If you want to get the official Martinis and Macabre shirt or mug, um, they've also got some awesome design shirts and totes and socks. I think you should just go ahead and say it. Say what? I think I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What are you going to say? I don't want to be dishonest. I'm geeky. <laughs> I'm geeky clothing. He's geeky clothing. I own the business. Yes, he is the owner. Yes. But they are our sponsor. I do sponsor the fucking show. Yeah, and we do. I don't have... know how the fuck I'm going to work out this goddamn internet bill, but. Yeah, so buy some shirts, man. Please buy some shirts and input the goddamn code and do some shit, please. Oh, my God. Which code are we using? Is it macabre? It's macabre. Yeah. Enter the code macabre. You can get a percentage off. Yeah. I actually just did that. I ordered another shirt and a mug for my mother. And um, actually, um, here probably next week or so, uh, because, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's kind of hard. Um, and I'm not looking for sympathy. Erica and I are not looking for sympathy at all. But we also have like nine to fivers. We, we, we have like eight hour jobs. Every I work six days a week. And we got two little, two great boys, and um, 
I'm trying to run a online business as well. But so I try to get to everything when I can get to it. Here soon, the uh, macabre discount is five percent off. I'm gonna go over the math and see like what the because um, everything the profit off of it really isn't that much. Um, but I'm gonna try to work it to where I can make it even price line price point for everything and see if I could take that five to ten percent. See if I can make that macabre code 10%. And I'm I'm not saying this because my husband owns Geeky Clothing. The shirts really are high quality, very comfortable. I would wear it every day if I could. It's one of those shirts you would actually like it's one of those wear like, to bed. You'd wear it to bed. It's yeah, just it's very, very cozy. soft and it's like pre-worn kind of comfort. Like like almost like vintage yeah. feel, you know. It's awesome. And I oh. love Geeky Clothing, so please like them on Facebook as well. Club Geeky. We are Club Geeky. Club Geeky. Woo, woo. And um, I, I got to let you know is is pretty much every shirt, every set of socks, every throw pillow, every set of leggings, everything that's on there, it's not on there forever. I'm not saying go out and get it now, but I kind of am because um, everything on there is kind of limited mm-hmm. I, 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 I want to keep it rotating keep it fresh if I just leave it up there then I leave it up there to die I, I want to put something up there probably about every two months if I get popular enough every two months I'll change designs I'll change theme I'll pretty much rebrand the entire fucking thing uh, the martinis and macabre shirts will always be there but uh, the designs are going to start changing I'm more of a retro kid Mm-hmm. I'm more of a retro James Dean, Brady Bunch, 50s, 60s. I love that I'm shit. I'm the dark one. I'm the Adams family. That's why we're keeping the goddamn Martini. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have any peppy colors in my wardrobe. <laughs> nope. It's all grays, dark blues, blacks. <laughs> but she's so beautiful in them. Well, thank you. Um, what oh. a- Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I just recently found out if you do, like if you go right now and order, um, there is a delay on shipping. It has nothing to do with uh, the printing service or the material itself. It has to do with the Super Bowl and it has to do with winter storms. And it's uh, affecting pretty much the entire Midwest, Northeast, Northwest, all that shit. So there's going to be a delay. And that's not so much for me. I basically just gave a public service announcement for fucking FedEx. Um, everything is pretty much going to be late right now because of that. I found that out. That's like one of those, like when you check your tracking, that big red bar, mm-hmm. going, that's what it's saying is because of Super Bowl and winter storms coming through. Yeah. Cause I'm still waiting on the, the shirt and the mug. So yeah, I checked and that's, that's where I found out this delay is happening. You know where it's at right now? Hmm. Fucking California. Hey, California. Hey guys. <laughs> we love you. Can we get our shirts? <laughs> it's, it's not. It's out of your hands. And but, thank you for your downloads. But yeah, there's. I guess. The, I mean, with the weather and everything, and they've been hit really hard. Not in California, but like in the Midwest. Getting past that is a bit of a hurdle. So. I understand that. Hopefully, come spring, it'll be a lot quicker. Did the um? It is Groundhog's Day when we're recording this. Did he see a shadow this morning? Yes. He always does. A fucking rodent. I think if we depend on weather from a big, huge rat, we're fucked as a people. Yeah. That's how we celebrate. We rely on a rodent. 
to tell us if we're gonna get spring. <laughs> a groundhog tell us what's up, and 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 we um, just reverted back like two thousand years. And climate change is a lie. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> really. All right. I also want to take this time to thank Phaser Seven Six Five for the artwork. He's our son. He's twelve. He's amazing. He just got 4.0 in his honors classes. Woo Fuck yeah. So go Phaser765. You can find him on YouTube. Such a good kid. <laughs> he is. I also want to thank purpleplanet.com, jewelbeat.com, and pond5.com for all the music and sound effects you may have heard this episode. And with that, I think we're out for this episode. I, think I hope you out. enjoyed this bonus. And maybe we'll do another one sometime soon. She said bonus, but guys out there, boners. <laughs> All right. This is our boner episode. We got it. Okay. Have a great day. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. You'll hear us tomorrow. Hey, go listen to Lore and listen to that shit about Cupid. You ain't going to fucking believe what you fucking hear. God damn it anyway. <laughs> Deuces. Bye. <laughs>